Hello and welcome to another episode of High Low with Emrata. This is the solo episode I put out on Thursdays. Emrata asks where I pose a question, investigate it, and we talk about it. Last week I did one on OnlyFans where a bunch of you sent in audio notes and we discussed sex work and OF and empowerment and money and feminism and misogyny and it was a really great episode. I really enjoyed that episode and super grateful to everyone who wrote in. It's 6.38 in the morning on March 8th and it's Sly's birthday and I woke up early to record this podcast before he woke up because last week I was in Paris and then I got back And I just missed him so much that I basically took three, four days to hang out with him and be solo with him. But I get really exhausted. I go to sleep at like when he goes to sleep, like an hour after he goes to bed, when I'm solo taking care of him. And then I actually had a hybrid work mom day yesterday. So I got really no time. Um, And why I'm telling you all this is because it's sort of part of the episode today. I'm really going to be talking about being a mom this morning. It's been two years of motherhood for me. It's been two years of Sly. And I think anybody who's a parent will relate to the question today, which is how the fuck do I have a two-year-old? But we're also, hopefully, if you don't have a child and you're curious about what it's like, this episode will give you some insights. So let's get into it. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. So two years ago at this time, I was getting ready to push um, in the hospital. I had a really amazing birth experience. It wasn't without difficulty, but relatively um, pretty incredible. I actually write about it in the book. It's the last sort of anecdote of the last essay. And uh, Sly has taught me so much and motherhood has taught me so much about control. And the essay that I write about his birth in is called Releases because it's about learning how to use my body in as a way to release all kinds of things. But really, you know, I think the book is, and a lot of theme of my 20s was kind of this attempt at reclaiming control, of finding control. And one of the things that motherhood and even pregnancy and birth taught me was that the best way to to have control or to be at peace is to let go of control. And the first way that I learned to do that with Sly was with my body, with birth, because it's just this incredible ancient machinery, basically, that has this knowledge that's innately within it. And it was really hard for me, going against my instincts to just trust it. But I will say, 
you know, I thought about it a lot. I actually had a doula who compared birth to having sex and orgasms, which is odd, I realize. But it's true. The more you relax and your brain waves relax, the more your body can take over. And that's sort of the comparison she had to orgasms, which is, by the way, true. If you're struggling with that, I think that is a great way to clearing your mind really helps during sex and just kind of tapping into your carnal nature. More than two years ago, the night before Sly was born, I sat on my red couch and I put both hands on my belly and I said to him, I was pretty sick of being pregnant and I had had said to my ex, in the car, we were coming back from Barney Greengrass, and I was like, hey, do you think we're ready? And he was like, yeah, we're ready. So I got home, and I sat on the couch, and I talked to Sly, and I said to him, like, I'm so scared, and I know you're so scared, but we're going to do this together, and I promise to keep you safe. And let's do it. I want to meet you. I'm going to cry a lot this episode. I can tell already. Um, I'm tearing up. And... Most people who haven't had a child don't know what this is, but um, my mucus plug came out a couple hours later. I'm going to let you Google that one, but it's, it is exactly what it sounds like. That doesn't always indicate labor, but it was kind of amazing. I was like, holy shit, my mucus plug's out. And then um, a couple hours later, I fell asleep. Uh, my ex was watching TV and the light of the TV was on my belly. I remember I just fell asleep and... I woke up to water just rushing out of my body and everyone had told me like labor is not like how you see in the movies. Your water doesn't break. You don't just go into labor. Well, it's exactly how it was for me. And my contractions basically weren't stopping. There was no breaks. That was one thing that I had been told that was totally wrong, which is that, you know, labor is, and this is true for, I know a lot of people have had this experience. It just wasn't true for me, which goes to show you that birth is different for everyone. And I think maybe my witchcraft with Sly had worked a little too much. Um, but basically normally you have a contraction and then it eases. So it's just, the description was like waves passing over. You go under the wave, you come up and you have a break. There are no breaks. So, um, pretty quickly we realized like, well, I'm progressing really fast. We should go to the hospital, which I was really nervous about. I didn't want to get there too early. So I laid on the bathroom floor. I was by myself. And I mean, the agony of labor is incredible. It's awesome. It's humbling. It's uh, felt like my lower back and my insides were just crack being pulled apart slowly slowly and excruciatingly and um I didn't talk to Sly in that moment I talked to my body and I said to my body okay I'm gonna let you do this and I'm just gonna breathe through it I trust you and um it was a really big moment for me because I never really respected my body in that way before and I got to the hospital of six centimeter just dilated. I did take an epidural, which I always feel like making an excuse. Any person who decides to take an epidural, good on you. That's your decision. I felt, I always feel like when I'm explaining it, there's some kind of like embarrassment to it or something, or like I need to apologize. I was in fucking so much pain and trust me, um, I had plenty of it, but the nurse said to me, you can either have three more hours of no breaks and agony because you're going to be ready to push very soon or you can rest. And 
they offered, they were like, you could take a nap. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Am I going to take a nap? The biggest thing that could possibly happen to a person was about to happen to me. I was about to push out a baby and meet my child. Like, no, I'm not going to fall asleep. So I watched the sunrise and this beautiful light came in and then it was time to push. And that was um, almost exactly two years ago. And then I pushed for two and a half hours and um, it was not easy. My epidural wore off. He was not coming out. After the labor had been so easy, the pushing was hard. He wasn't small. Then all of a sudden he was there. And it was before I even heard him or he was on my chest. It was just the most amazing thing. And again, this is a weird kind of comparison, but I do think they're just so, so much the same. I don't know if any of you have ever watched someone pass away. I watched my grandmother Passed away. I was in the hospital room with her when she took her last breaths. And I remember seeing the life leave her, like leaving, like her body. It was my grandmother and then it was just her body and it was like her soul left. And it, I didn't think about it in that moment, but when Sly was born, it was like the opposite. It was like the return, right? Or wow, yeah, I guess it was a return if you believe in reincarnation, but it just felt like someone had walked into the room. Like there were only four something people in the room when I was giving birth and all of a sudden there was like someone else there. There was another soul in the room and I'm crying. (laughs) It was incredible. So that was sort of the first way that I you know, obviously the first moment I met Sly, but there were lots of lessons in there, just even in the process of bringing him into the world. Um, But there have been so many surprises and things that I have learned and had to unlearn and expectations versus reality. Um, I remember saying to my ex when I was pregnant, like, these are the last days we're going to be able to sleep in. And he kind of like brushed it off. And you know what? I was right. (laughs) I don't really ever sleep in anymore. And I never have days where, you know, I'm like, oh, I don't have anything to the afternoon. Great. I'll take a rest. That happens only when I'm traveling for work and I'm on my own. Stay tuned for more High Low with Emrata. Welcome back to High Low with Emrata. So obviously sleeping in is not the main thing that I wanted to talk about today, Um, but I think it's just an example of the kind of you know, small things that you don't think about when you're pregnant about how your life is going to change. It's an example of that. Um, but what I more wanted to talk about is what Sly has taught me in the last two years. I think why I shared the birth story is because that was the sort of first lesson he gave me in learning how to let go of control and really put trust in him sort of in the same way I put trust in my body during birth and watch him grow and and give him that kind of confidence and self-assuredness. That's been such an incredible lesson. And, you know, the truth is with children is at least what I found is that the more you sort of try to control things and the more you try to 
force, you know, him to be on some kind of learning schedule or even kind of protect him in ways that you can't protect him. Like the best thing to do is to kind of let go, have faith in him. And then he has faith in himself, whether that be with like physical stuff, with walking, anything else, but also just as a person in the world, what I've learned as a parent is so much of my job is really to instill confidence in him by basically just providing love. And that kind of brings me to the other thing that I feel he's taught me um, or I've learned in this last two years. And this one's a little bit more complicated in the sense that I guess the only ways that I've experienced love in the past have been through me kind of setting up situations or opportunities where I make it so that the person I love and I want to feel love from needs me in some kind of way. And it's not manipulation, but it's certainly, you know, a way for me to kind of ensure that I feel love and there's ego in that. Right. And I think something that really surprised me with Sly that I didn't know was going to be so important to me as a parent, but kind of became apparent immediately was this feeling of, I'm going to let my child be this person in the world and I'm not going to make it so that he only comes to mama or I have to make a big show in front of people of how much he loves me. I knew that was just giving myself something. And so I just kind of let go a little bit. Um, just the, all the love that I give him is private and it's not me saying, oh, like, oh my God, you fell, like you need mama. You know, I let him come to me when he wants to come to me. And by the way, he, he does, I'm his mama. Like he asks for me all the time, but I think it was just a lesson for me and not kind of setting things up so that your child, um, or any person that you love, like has to come to you or has to um, need you, that they, they choose you, but also that he has the security of my love, but it's this sort of quieter, more private, just egoless love that Sly has taught me that I hope I'm going to be able to apply to other relationships. I feel like I already have in my friendships, um, and just kind of like understanding what what that kind of support really looks like and how different it is than that, the insecure love where you're kind of trying to prove something. And I think especially with a child, I just, I know that that would be something I'd be asking for from him versus him giving it to me. And that just feels unacceptable to me. So those, I think control, you know, release of control and egoless love are two of the big, big things that I've learned in the last two years. And then I just wanted to say, which, you know, a lot, a lot of the things that you can say about raising children has, have already been said before, and I'm not claiming to be the best. I'm, I'm kind of like working these thoughts out as I'm talking to you. Um, but one thing that is for sure, and it's a phrase I've heard a lot of times are the days are long and the years are short. And that is so true. It's been a wonky four years for everyone. I don't care if you were five years old in 2020 or 
50 years old or anywhere in between. Like we, those two years of COVID just warped time in such a bizarre way. And then on top of it, having a child at the end of COVID, you know, thinking about where I was when I was pregnant, like I hadn't even turned 30 yet. I was still finishing the book. Things were really like, I wasn't traveling. My career was okay, but it was like a very different time. You know, Um, it was hard to feel connected to people. It's just really the world shut down and how different I mean, also just like my ideas around family and security and what I wanted from my life were so different. And two years isn't a long time, but thinking about watching Sly grow and how little he was and that experience of having like a soul come out of my body to now this little boy who, you know, tells me about how he feels and um, has moods and and just is like this whole ass person has been this extreme way of being aware of time. And I know that everybody who has children says that, but my God, it's just blown me away and I'm sure it's going to continue to blow me away. There's so much more I could say about Sly. I really want to do an episode being a working parent and having a child, because that's something that um, I found is really challenging. And I've, you know, heard people talk about it a lot, but I would love to have a conversation with all of you about that. But I'm just feeling really grateful for having this amazing person in my life and this way of measuring time and just taking the time to reflect on the lessons that he's taught me and thinking about just like, I feel like I never understood that this birthday would be a bigger, his birthday would be a bigger day for me than my birthday ever was. I never understood how moms would be like, oh, this is, you know, your birthday is a bigger day for me than my own birthday. It's like, yeah, of course. Like this was the most monumental day of my life, giving birth to Sly and becoming a mother. My own birthday, I'm like, I don't care. I'd rather have flowers and gifts on Sly's birthday than I would on my own because it feels like this pivotal day that I'll just commemorate every single year for as long as I live. And I used to meet people with two-year-olds and think like, oh yeah, you've been a mom forever. Like, oh, you're a mom. But now I'm like, oh my God, you're new mom. Like, how are you feeling? Because it's still an adjustment. Um, just the reality shift, you know, from the smallest thing to, to, you know, to how my routine is and how my schedule is to these really kind of like big lessons. But I think overall, the thing I would say is this kind of quietness and peace has become a part of my life because of the trust I maybe that started with my body, but has also then continued on with Sly. Um, it's led me to just have this like confidence, partly because I just would do anything to protect him, and you just can't feel you can't be worried about control and you can't be worried about things because you just have to do it. Like you just on all the time and it's beautiful. It's also really, really bizarre because it's not like one day, you know, I decided to be this way. It just happened because I saw what my child needed and I grew into the person I needed to be in order to be a good parent and to make him feel secure and loved and like he can 
he can just be himself. So I feel very grateful. And if you are a parent, I would love to hear from you about what your experience has been around these things and what you've learned um, and what you're continuing to learn, or even just kind of the expectations versus reality of like the life before motherhood and life after, um, or fatherhood or parenthood, whatever. So go to highlow.fm to submit your audio notes. We use those for the subscription episode every week called Talk Back. Uh, I also use some of them sometimes in this episode, the monologue episode, which I did last week with the OnlyFans episode. But also if you're somebody who isn't a parent, I'm curious what you learned from this and like if it all makes sense or if it feels really surprising or bizarre, even just, you know, obviously the birth stuff, I feel like you just never can have enough information about that um, because birth is so specific for everyone. But then also just, did I make any sense? Like I said, I'm recording this last minute, which is why I wanted to talk about this this week, because right now it feels really hard to be, you know, a working mom, but it also feels like this amazing, amazing time. So thank you all for listening. Again, go to hilo.fm to submit your thoughts and I will see you all next week. We are back on Tuesday. Thank you so much. Hi Low with Emrata is a Sony Music Entertainment Bitch Era Media and Something Else production. Our executive producers are me, Emily Radikowski, and Sarita Wesley. Our senior producer is Medina Parwana, and our associate producer is Rachel Choder. Today's episode was engineered by Samantha Gatsik with original music by The Crystal Pharaoh. Thanks for listening.